Hello, and welcome to American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Foster Brown. America's love of games was the theme of the American Road Magazine's Spring 2012 issue. A feature article by Terry Cook traced the pinball route down the East Coast from New Jersey to the National Pinball Museum in Baltimore, Maryland. Along the way, we met Todd Tucky, the pinball wizard and the proprietor of TNT Amusements, a Pennsylvania showroom that specializes in the acquisition, restoration, and sale of old coin-operated video game machines. In part one of our conversation with Todd, he shares the rich history of classic video arcade games that he lovingly restores. In part two, we'll focus on a reality TV show about restoring those classics called High Score that he's developing. Before we get to our conversation, here's a word from our sponsor. From mile marker zero to mile marker 444, the Natchez Trace unwinds its way through Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee. This scenic trace winds its way through America's history from Natchez, Mississippi on the Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee in the foothills of the Appalachians. By taking an RV or riding a motorcycle, there's plenty to do and plenty to see. For the music lovers, there's Nashville to Florence, Alabama, and of course, Tupelo, Mississippi, the birthplace of Elvis Presley. In each of these cities, plan on staying a full day or two. For the history buffs, well, the Natchez Trace Parkway from mile zero to mile 444 is full of American history and culture. And of course, the outdoor recreation is second to none. Hiking, boating, fishing, bird watching, and cycling are just a few of the things to do when traveling the Natchez Trace Parkway. Each town and city tells its own happenings from prehistoric times to present. Come, take a day trip or a 444-mile trip to hear what our cities and towns are saying now to their echoes of the past. In the spring 2012 issue of American Road Magazine, there was an article that appeared by Terry Cook called The Pinball Route, chasing the silver ball from New Jersey to Baltimore, and it looked at all sorts of things that had to do with the famous pinball games. And one of the places that was visited was a place called TNT Amusements in South Hampton, Pennsylvania. And with us on the line right now is the proprietor there, Todd Tucky. Todd, welcome to American Road Trip Talk. Hey, thank you. You have been described in the article here as a gaming guru. How do you get them kind of chops? (laughs) (laughs) I've been in uh, arcade game home sales, probably longer than anybody in the country uh, exclusively, and uh, have sold, I guess, uh, well over 20,000 machines into the home market uh, since we started home sales in 1984. So I kind of give a figure that gives me a little guru (laughs) status here. (laughs) Well, where did you get your initiation into the pinball machines, these classic beauties? Well, I I guess I started like many people did in the hobby when it wasn't a hobby, but it was actually a chance of um, making money. In 1979, I purchased uh, some arcade games uh, with the idea of installing them into stores and then splitting the proceeds. So it was a business venture. It wasn't a collecting venture or anything else, but in fact, it was to make a profit. And I had bought machines over the years from my uncle who has a um, an old boat dock and uh, campground in Tennessee. I started buying <laughs> games for him, gosh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. But this was my first venture with machines of my own, and they were brand-new machines, which were not cheap back then. 1979, 
a brand new pinball machine was fourteen hundred dollars, and a brand new video game was actually more. It was like twenty four hundred. Mm. But uh, thinking at fifty a quarter a play back then, they were twenty five cents a play. Thought I'd make it, I'd uh, strike it rich, but that that didn't prove true. Uh, as many people in this business <laughs> discovered, yeah. there there was not a big profit, unfortunately, in this industry, and. Uh, uh, I found the real money was, in fact, selling them to private homes. So mm, I see. Okay. in 84, we started selling pinballs and video games to private homes, and uh, it's it's just grown from there. And uh, we have a huge showroom. Uh, we offer a trade-in. If people get tired of the machine, they can trade the machine back in. And keep in mind, a lot of our collectors out there yes. that collect games, but then most of our customers are just folks that just want to play good old-fashioned pinball. <laughs> we'll be back with more of our conversation in just a moment. Discover the extraordinary season of autumn on the Illinois Lincoln Highway. See the vibrant fall colors as they begin to appear on this national scenic byway and take some time to experience autumn traditions at their very best. Enjoy fall festivals and special events. Find your way through a haunted corn maze. Explore a Midwest apple orchard and see the Lincoln Highway murals and gazebos. This road takes you everywhere you want to go. Entertainment and adventure can be found around every corner as you travel the historic Illinois Lincoln Highway. Visit DriveLincolnHighway.com to plan your autumn getaway. Now back to our interview with Todd Tucky, the pinball wizard. Now, I, let do something for me here because you've mentioned two things that I think I may have lumped together. That is the pinball machine and the video game. Yes. Those are really two different things. They're very differently different and distinct. As a matter of fact, you could say that in many cases there's two separate groups of people that play them. Um, the pinball fanatics and video game fanatics are two pretty different folks. And uh, you know what? It, it's really hard to tell you who plays more. Some of the customers we have like both. They have one of each. Uh, they get two pinballs, two videos. Others just get videos. Others just get pinballs. So there's a combination. I like both, but I have more video games in my collection than pinballs. When you say video game, of course, the thing that comes to my mind from now the 21st century are things that are on computers. But these were games that were almost uh, developed to be visual standalone experience. Yes. Uh, these are the games that I think all of your listeners would have have seen for sure at one time or another. These are the games like uh, Pac-Man right. or Space Invaders or Asteroids. They were the biggies. They were the machines where they actually made anywhere from you know to twenty thousand to a hundred thousand units of um, other games didn't get anywhere near that uh, production run but almost everybody has seen a pac-man at one point mm -hmm. in their life mm -hmm. and uh, they're big they're six foot tall they're 25 inches wide and about 32 inches deep so they do take up some room in your house but technically if you open the back up you'd see a standard 19-inch uh, color monitor, like a TV set without the uh, cabinet, uh, a circuit board, a large uh, green circuit board that's the game, the heart of the machine, right. some transformers, and wiring, and uh, a couple of fluorescent lights that light the uh, top, or light bulbs or whatever. The cabinet's mainly empty, and people say, oh, there's nothing in these. And I said, no, it's just a big box with the artwork on it. 
It, it, you know what? It's sort of like if you think about it. Remember the thirty-three and the third albums, sure, uh, record albums we used to buy. Well, the record albums had these big covers on the front and back, and sometimes they had a dust jacket inside, and you could you could hold it in your hand and read it. And you had all this. All the printing was larger. Right. You get a compact disc and. The, the packaging is so small you can hardly see it, mm-hmm. and of course now everything is downloaded, so you have no packaging. So you could say video games went the same way; they were big cabinets, then they made them into flat screens and much smaller, and then they finally went to um, they became uh, tablets. Right. Games you could get on a little flat sure. tablet, and, and even on your phones now you can get them. So it's been in the ultimate miniaturization of all these things. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, I think it's Temple Run as a game that my grandchildren love to download onto my iPhone and play. And it's a video game uh, that they can manipulate with the uh, with the cell phone. Todd, uh, who are the people who are most interested in the kind of uh, video and pinball games that you have, the machines that you have? Uh, right now, uh, I would say the young kids' market's gone. Uh, the people that come in now are folks that are, Anywhere from 30 to 50 years old. We do have some 60 and 70 year old, but uh, mostly um, our market is now 30 to 50. Um, the young kids are not playing pinball. You know why? It's it, the amount of games out there. I'll throw you a couple numbers that are actually shocking. In 1980, there were eight pinball manufacturers that turned out 400,000 pinball machines. Wow. Last year, the one manufacturer turned out 4,000 machines. Wow. There are more collector's items, I would imagine, now than yes. anything else. As a matter of fact, the, the manufacturer that's left Stern is catering. Their, most of their sales, in fact, seem to be directly to homeowners. Um, we we sell pinball brand new machines. People, some people only will consider a brand new machine in their house. Although reconditioned, there's nothing wrong, especially with us because we back it with a five year service plan. Right. But some people have to have brand new. Now Stern makes now for everything they make, all the pinballs they make, they make a regular version which retails for about five thousand, and then they'll do small limited editions that have either gold plating, um, special color paint jobs, additional features on the play fields. These will retail for $2,500 more. But they're limited editions. Uh, They're only going to make 100. So it's much more a collector's sport now than it is because games really have transitioned in many ways into the digital realm. Be sure to join us for the second part of this interview series with Todd Tucky on our next American Road Trip Talk. If you enjoy these podcasts, then I know that you're going to love the digital edition of our magazine. Just go to AmericanRoadMagazine.com and click on the Preview Our Magazine icon. You'll get a sample of the digital layout of the magazine and an opportunity to sign up for electronic delivery of our next issues. While you're on the homepage, check out the blogs, trip suggestions, special deals, sweepstakes, and a whole lot more. You can even friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until we meet again on the American Road for another trip talk, I'm your host, Foster Brown, reminding you that the joy is in the journey.